Thanks for tuning into the Cross Church podcast today. It's our last message in the series, Christmas Gifts. Pastor Alan talks about reconciliation and love. We hope you enjoy the message. Merry Christmas. Uh, the first service was better. Merry Christmas. Thank you. That's so kind. Hey, is everybody looking for the Christmas to forward to the Christmas Eve service? Merry Christmas. Uh, the first service was better. Merry Christmas. Thank you. That's so kind. Hey, is everybody looking for the Christmas to forward to the Christmas Eve service? It is going to be, I think, our best yet. So hopefully you can make it. In case you don't know, Christmas Eve falls on December. 24th. Okay. I just want to acknowledge somebody that's here today. I was, I was thinking of those kids that we blessed and ministered to, almost 400 children in Burundi. And the first time that I ever became aware of the fact that there were needy kids in the world was from a lady who was the director of the Sunday school uh, that I was in. And uh, I'm going to ask Mrs. Zilke, would you please stand up? Could you give her a hand, please? <laughs> she is the mother of Pastor Chris Zilke. And uh, I was uh, probably, I don't know, nine, 10 years old at a paper route. And she challenged the kids in her Sunday school department to sponsor a child. That was the first time I ever sponsored a child. And so uh, that's when my eyes were open to the need around the world. And I have Mrs. Zilke to thank for that. God bless you. Well, thank, I was a wonderful guy in Sunday school. <laughs> Say more. <laughs> so good to have you here. We're talking about Christmas presents, Christmas gifts. I just saw this on the internet. Um, Can you see that? Isn't that incredible? And so I just found this by accident. And, and here's, here's the, it was part of a, uh, a thread talking about Christmas. And uh, quote, this is not even a joke. This is my cousin's tree. He's an only child. I cannot even fathom this picture. He said it takes five to six hours to open all these presents. Wow, everybody understands today that this is not Christmas. Everybody understands that, right? This is not Christmas. I don't know what's going on in this household. I don't know if, if, if uh, the cousin is, uh, is a spoiled child and used to getting his own way, um, or maybe it's, it has nothing to do with the kid. Maybe it's the parents that are trying to win the favor and the love of their child. I don't know, but I can tell you this. This is not Christmas. I don't know what it is, but it's not Christmas. I want to talk to you this morning about what Christmas really is. I want to talk to you about the Christmas presents that God has given to us, the Christmas presents that we celebrate every year at this time. These Christmas presents that come to us through Jesus Christ. This 
my friends, is what Christmas is really all about. For the last few weeks, we had, first of all, uh, Pastor Andrew Thunder and then our elder Dennis Weeb speak to us about some of these Christmas gifts. We had the gift of hope. Jesus will save his people from their sins. This is something that Israel looked forward to for thousands of years. In fact, if you have got time, I would advise you to read the first few chapters of Luke and couple first three chapters of Matthew so that you can know the Christmas story as it is in the Bible. But this is something that they've been looking forward to for thousands of years. And Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, he had a a revelation, an angel appeared to him and told him that they were gonna have a son and his name would be John. John who would be the forerunner of Jesus Christ and Zechariah rejoices in the great gift that would be given to Israel, the great gift of Jesus Christ. You can read that for yourself in the Gospels. And then Dennis spoke about joy. The angels came to the, to the shepherds and said, There's, this is good news that will bring great joy to all the people. And peace, Luke 2, 14, peace on earth, the angels said, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. God's pleasure produces in us his peace. But that peace doesn't come to just to every human being. It only goes to those, and we talked about this last week, it only goes to those that he is pleased with. Some of you may wonder, how do I get God's favor? How can I have God be pleased with me? Well, I'll talk about that in a few moments. Because if anything, I want you to enjoy the gift of God's peace this Christmas. And the thing I wanna talk to you about today is the gift of God's love. The virgin will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means can I, can I get you to say it one more time? God is with us. This is what Emmanuel means. Now, why is that important? And what does that all mean anyway? Well, I gotta go right to the very beginning of the Bible to help you understand the significance of this verse. Before Adam and Eve sinned, they walked with God. They were with God, or more precisely, God was with them. But in the day that Adam and Eve sinned and refused to obey God, refused to follow God, refused to do what God said, that was the day that sin entered in. And Adam and Eve were separated from God. In fact, it was a breakdown in all relationships. Adam and Eve's relationship with God was destroyed because of their disobedience. And then we discover that Adam and Eve's relationship was destroyed because of disobedience. You remember the story. God comes along and said, what's going on here? What happened? And what did, what did Adam say? Well, God, it's your fault. You gave me this woman. This woman led me astray, and I wouldn't be in this trouble if it weren't for you giving me this woman. And the woman said, well, hold on a minute here. It's not all my fault. God, it's your fault because you made this snake, and the snake tempted me, and, and now everything's falling apart. That's in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter four, you find Cain killing his brother Abel. I mean, you see 
the disaster, the catastrophe that sin is. Everybody here today understands the effect that sin has in your life. You have suffered. You've experienced some some horrors in your life, and you know that you can trace it back to sin. So there's Adam and Eve separated from God. God separated from them. But now, there's a promise that says that God is going to be with his people once again. This is, for us, maybe old hat. We've seen it. We've heard it for years. And so I want you to go back 2,000 years and think for a moment what it would be like to hear for the first time that the God who was separated from his people was now going to be reintroduced and that there was a promise that God would be with us forever. This is what we call the gospel. Gospel, in case you don't know, means the good news. This is the gospel. This is the good news. God is with us again. Folks, these are the gifts of Christmas. Hope, joy, peace, love. What a lot of people don't understand, and I actually didn't understand that when I was a kid. The pastor would talk about having a personal relationship with God. No clue what that meant. I wanted it, but I didn't know why. The thing that we will see uh, this morning is that there are many religions and many ways that claim to be the way. But I'm gonna demonstrate, I'm gonna show you why Christianity is unique and distinct from all other religions. I'm gonna show you this morning why it's not only logical, but I wanna show you this morning why is a difference between just having religious ideas and actually having a personal, intimate relationship with Almighty God. See, what a lot of people don't understand is that you and I were created for relationship with God. That's why God created us. That's why we're on this earth. Now, I know some of you may not believe in God. You may not believe in Christ. You may not believe in, in, in the things that I'm speaking about right now. But I would, I would invite you to be intellectually honest. I would invite you to stop and seriously consider the meaning of life, why are we here? What is this all about? So, let's take a look for a moment at who God is. Let's take a look at the fact that God is a personal and is a loving God. The idea of love is something that, would be, that we take for granted because we have been taught this in our culture. If not in our church, definitely in our culture. The idea of love is a definitely a Christian idea. And I haven't got time to go into a lecture on this today, but I could clearly and easily prove to you how in fact love is a Christian idea. We would never know what love is unless God revealed it to us. Church father Tertullian in the second century, he said this, imagine the Romans looking at Christians who are saying, look, how these Christians love one another. Tertullian says, for the Romans themselves hate one another. And look how they are ready to die for each other. 
For the Romans themselves are readier to kill each other. The Romans watched Christians loving each other, caring for one another, but even more than that, those who were destitute, those who were sick, those who had no money, those who uh, had nobody to care for them, these are the ones that Christians took care of. And this blew their minds because that's not what people did. If, if you're sick or you don't have a job, if you're poor, if you're broke, if you're lonely, that's your problem, it's not mine. But along comes this revolutionary idea that we need to love each other and take care of one another and just blew their minds. Where did it come from? It came from the revelation of Jesus Christ. It came as a result of Christians sharing this good news. Now, I know some of you are sitting here today and say, Pastor, don't tell me that, that uh, I wouldn't know what love is without God. Well, here's the thing. We, the Bible tells us that we were created in the image of God. And because we were created in the image of God, that is because we have his likeness or we share his likeness, we do have the capacity to love. And we understand that. Uh, we understand what it is to love and we understand what it is to be loved. But here's where the problem is. We don't know how to love. How do we do this? It's because of our lack of knowledge and it's because of our inability to know how to love people that we struggle. It's very easy to love Mrs. Zilke when she tells me how wonderful I am. I will love you for the rest of my life. But what do I do with someone who says, you know, I don't really care for you. That's a little harder to love. Or how about those people who, who it seems, purposely say hurtful things? You know, as a pastor, I get this all the time, and people always think, well, he's the pastor, he's gotta have thick skin, he should be able to take it, I'll tell him whatever's on my mind. I had that right after the first service. Someone came to me, whatever they want to say. They don't care what, how I feel or what I think. They don't even think I have any feelings. Everybody knows pastors don't have feelings, right? It's, you'd be amazed. How do we love each other? Well, this, my friends, is what, really what Christianity is about. Christianity introduces us first of all, to the idea of love. It teaches us that God loves us and that we can love him. In fact, John gives us a definition for God. And you know what he says in three words? It's one of the shortest verses in the Bible. He says, God is love. This is who God is. And so we learn something about what love is by having a personal relationship with God. All the statistics say that Christians, people that are true Christians, I don't, I'm not talking about religious people, religious Christians. I'm talking about people who have an authentic, real relationship with God, that these are the people that have the best marriages. 
And it's not a surprise if you understand what Christianity is about. So the human race is in trouble. We're in desperate state. There's wars everywhere, everywhere. You, even here in Canada, I don't know if you know that. Pastor Ellen, I don't remember hearing about wars. I didn't see it on the news. What are you talking about? Go to, go to, uh, to just about anybody's house nowadays. You're going to see a war on there. It's a war between husband and wife, between the kids, but the kids are the parents. There's wars going on. Go to people's workplace. You're going to see wars going on there. There's strategy sessions around the water cooler. How are we going to get even with that boss of ours? Oh, yeah, we're at war. Wars everywhere. That's the state of humanity. Because of this lack of love, we, we're more in a state ready to get even than to give love. And this is why the teaching of Jesus Christ, and I'd invite you to read Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, called the Sermon on the Mount. This is why it's so revolutionary and so radical, is because Jesus is showing a brand new way to live, the way of love. Jesus even suggested that the Jewish people should love the Romans, the ones who were occupying Jerusalem. That would be like me saying to the people in Germany during the Second World War, you should love the Nazis. How could I possibly do that? But you see, this is the revolutionary nature of our faith. We are a people who are under the influence of a God of love who teaches us how to love one another. Now for many people, this is a very timely message because this will be your, your house this Christmas. The 12 fights of Christmas. Someone asked this morning in the first service, is this real? <laughs> yeah, it's staged, don't worry. But for many people, that's, that's the actual reality of your Christmas, the 12 fights of Christmas. You and I need to learn how to love one another. And folks, that is precisely why we need a savior. We need a savior to save us from this kind of garbage. And the good news is that the savior is near and waiting for you to surrender to him and to submit your life to him. We've always known the fact that we've known a savior. That's why 700 years ago, the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was born, I should say, 2,700 years ago, he gave this prophecy and he said, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now I want you to see 700 years before the fact, the Bible declares that Jesus will be born of a virgin. And you say, well, why is that important? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. There's an important reason for that. Jesus had to come, become flesh. He had to become human in order to die for humans in order to pay the price for the sins of humanity. This is the ancient doctrine of the church. I'm not presenting anything new. The Roman Catholic Church preaches it, and the Protestant churches teach it. Every group that calls itself Christian agrees with me on this. Somebody 
Some human had to pay the price for the sins of humans. And that's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin. But why a virgin? We know she's, he's born of a human, but why a virgin? And the th- reason for that is that if Jesus' father had been human, well then he would have been born with the sin nature like every one of us here today. And so it was important that the Holy Spirit come upon the Virgin Mary. And so we see this prophecy fulfilled 700 years later. It is an important and key doctrine of the Christian faith. I know that we've become very brilliant and very scientific and very sophisticated and we think that we don't need to hold to those doctrines because it seems ridiculous, but I'm telling you, it's utterly and completely essential. You have to embrace this. And so Jesus Christ, God and man, born of a virgin, has come to dwell within us. In fact, if you read John chapter one, you'll see that John beautifully, beautifully states it like this. Jesus has come and he's pitched his tent among us. He's come to dwell with us. And all who put their faith in Jesus Christ will experience the power of the living Savior dwelling within us. You say, how does that happen? It's called the Holy Spirit. You may have heard of that. That's the gift that Jesus gave us after he was resurrected from the dead. All who put their faith in Christ will receive not just hope, and peace and joy and love, but they'll receive the Holy Spirit who will live within us and enable us to live this life of love. Wow. You say, Pastor Allen, this sounds pretty supernatural. You bet it is. If you came to this church this morning thinking that we were gonna indulge in some religion, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but that's not gonna happen here. I'm talking about a living relationship with Almighty God through Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. This is the teaching of the church for 2,000 years. God has given to us a gift of love through his son, Jesus. And I want you to know today that absolutely everybody here can have this gift. All you have to do is do what Jesus said. Not what Pastor Allen says, not what the theologian says, but what God says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, will not die, but have eternal life. This is the gift of God's love, Jesus. And you and I, can have that glorious gift of God's love. All you have to do is receive it. How stupid would that be if Gloria and I spent hours and hours and hours shopping for gifts for our kids and on Christmas morning said, here are your gifts. And the kids said, no thanks, I don't want them. It'd be ridiculous, it'd be ludicrous. And yet it happens all the time. Jesus has given us, or God has given us his gift of Christ. And people say, nah, no thanks. It's available to you. All you have to do is receive it by faith. Just believe. That's what it means. When I say by faith, what I mean is just believe it. Accept it. I want it. 
I want God to live with me. I want God to be with me and to go with me wherever I go. Hey folks, look at all of us are aware of our personal failings. We're all aware of our shortcomings. We're all, we all know what it is to feel guilt and shame. Every one of us knows that. That's the universal human condition, including me. And it's for this reason, this universal sense of despair and, and emptiness, that like something's missing, There's, I'm, I'm not content, I don't have joy in my life, I, I'm not happy, I don't know why I'm not happy, and I, but I, I'm not happy, and I don't have peace. I feel, I feel something's missing. And I'll tell you why you feel like that. Because God created you for relationship with him, and the only way that you are going to know those wonderful gifts I've been talking about is that you need to be reconciled with him. In a sense, you need to go back to the days when Adam and Eve walked with God in the Garden of Eden and had not yet sinned. You say, is that possible, Pastor Alan? 100% possible. All you have to do is put your faith in Jesus. And then you will know the power of this phrase, God is with us. God is with me. This is the gospel. But the thing is, is so many people don't want to yield to God. They don't want to turn to God, and they practice meditation, religious rituals, self-help, and and fasting, praying, personal sacrifices, pilgrimages, all kinds of religious rituals. But nothing gives peace. When it comes to connecting with God, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not usually because of a lack of personal effort. Everybody in their hour of need has cried out to God at one time or another and made promises and oaths to God. You know what I'm talking about. God, if you just get me through this, I promise I'll go to church at Christmas time. <laughs> God, if you'll just get me through this, I promise I'll, I'll sponsor a child. God, if you just get me through this. Uh, and, and we understand that. We need God's help. And so we try but it never really happens, and the reason is this, folks. It's because of a pesky little thing called sin. Sin is the thing that stands as an obstacle between us and God. And somehow, some way, that obstacle has to be removed. And the Bible is clear that no amount of self-effort is going to solve that problem. But every religion in the world that has been formed has been formed with that express purpose in mind to somehow, someway find peace of mind and peace of heart. Four weeks ago, November the 14th, 2019, listen to this. The Ohio Department of Health says five people die by suicide in Ohio every day. And the suicide rate has soared 45% in the past decade. The rate for adults over 65 is up nearly 50%, and for children up to the age of 24, it has gone up by 64%. Suicide is now the leading cause of death among kids 10 to 14 years of age. It's insane. What on earth is going on? Why this massive increase in suicide? Well, 
Why don't we ask the experts? Why don't we act, ask Dr. Mark Hurst of the Ohio Department of Health? Well, we did, and this is what he said. The things that we knew, and he puts in quotation knew, the things that we knew about suicide, we don't really know anymore. Dr. Hurst says, I have no answers. Well, I have some answers this morning. Our hearts long for peace. Our hearts long for a connection with the God of the universe. Why? Because we were created by him. Oh, you may be here this morning, you might not believe what I'm telling you, and that's fine. But then at least be intellectually honest by researching it yourself. Don't just dismiss and say, I don't believe in fairy tales. You need to go and explore this yourself. I've been a Christian now since I was eight years old. I have been researching this. I was just telling my friend Dennis this before the service for over 36 years. If you include my Bible school days, almost 40 years of researching this. The reality of Christianity. And here's the thing, folks. After researching this and living this out for 40 years, my faith has not decreased. My faith has increased. I've discovered that God is real, that God is who he says he is, and I know the love of God in my heart. This is my testimony. I know his peace, a peace in my mind, in my heart. I have joy in my heart. Look at me smile. I have his love and hope. Glorious hope. The thing that Gloria and I, as we get older, we talk about this all the time, the, the goodness of God and the great hope we have based on God's perfect track record. This is the gospel that I'm sharing with you today. God does not make, does not make mistakes and he does all things well. You say, Pastor Allen, but what about other religions? Well, look at world religions will place an individual on their own. So that person on their own is striving for spiritual perfection, seeking inner peace and joy and love and hope and getting nowhere. Let me just quickly share something with you and we'll be done in just a few minutes. But I gotta share this with you because I get this all the time. What about all, you hear this and it sounds intellectually smart. It sounds enlightened and like, intelligent, all, all spiritual roads lead to God. You've heard that. But that's utter nonsense. Because if that were the case, that would mean that Jesus Christ died on the cross a horrifying death. If all roads lead to God, then Jesus didn't need to die, and what was the point? And so let me show you this. Hinduism, no personal relationship with God. They don't even talk about that. They don't understand that. It doesn't even compute with them. They believe there are infinite manifestations of God. And if you do the research, there's some over 50 million gods. Folks, please don't think that I'm, I'm a triumphalist. That's not what I'm doing here. And I'm not putting these people down. I'm showing you the error 
all these, all these infinite manifestations of God, and yet right now, India, if you're familiar with the geopolitical situation, you know of the horrible wars that are taking place, and especially the Hindus attacking Christians. You say, well, don't Christians attack? Well, not real ones. Real Christians don't do that. And how do I know that? Because a Christian is somebody who imitates Jesus. Imagine for a minute Jesus picking up an Uzi. It's not gonna happen. But this is what we see in Hinduism. And then there's the New Age. We believe that we ourselves are God. It's utter, utter nonsense. Leanne was baptized here just last Sunday morning. She had been in the New Age movement for years and years, and one day she just realized, this is all garbage. And suddenly she remembered the time when she went to camp as a little girl. She remembered at that time somebody inviting her to give her heart to Jesus, and it came back to her in that moment. And she cried out to God, and she ended up here in our family. Buddhism, they believe there's no God. A lot of people don't know that. They think the Buddhists worship their God. In fact, they think that people worship Buddha. They don't worship Buddha. They don't worship anything. But their great desire is to be free of all human desires, which is ludicrous again because that's how we were created. And then there's Sikhism. And we have a number of Sikhs here in Winnipeg. Again, I'm not putting anybody down because I believe every one of these people are sincere. The problem is, is that they are sincerely wrong. Sikhism, they believe in one unknowable God, not personable, not personal, and they believe in selfless service. It sounds good, but it, it ends in emptiness and despair. Islam, devoted to one powerful, unknowable God, their great desire and longing and hope is somehow just maybe I'll make it into paradise. How could I know for sure I'm going to go to paradise? Well, just go kill some infidels. Go kill some Jews or Christians and you're in, baby. And you got atheism. There's nobody home. No God. Make the best of your life and good luck. You could see why, if this was your belief system, it'd be so easy to say, I got too many problems, I'm ending it now. And some of you might be wondering, what about Judaism? Well, Judaism believes in an infinite and a personal God, but it's incomplete. I've been to Israel three times, and I love the Jewish people, there's no question about it, but you just sense that it's incomplete, they're waiting for something. Well, we know what they're waiting for. They're waiting for Jesus. And that's why we're celebrating Christmas, because Jesus has come. Our God is a loving God. He created us to know him and to walk with him, to enjoy him. And he will speak to you every single day. He speaks to me every single day. Not an audible voice, but he speaks to us through his word. And I speak to him every day. We call it prayer. 
And I can tell you, after all these 30 years of marriage to my darling wife, we have known God's presence. We've known God walking with us. And it's for that reason, I believe we have an amazing marriage because together we serve a God who wants to be known by us. This is the gift that comes to us through Jesus Christ. Christianity really is not about your effort or my effort. It's all about the effort of God coming to us in the baby Jesus and giving us this, the gift, the precious gift of hope. Some people, the only hope they know is buying a, a lottery ticket and hoping that they win. And for one week, they're dreaming big dreams. Life is wonderful. I'm going to win. And they don't. And so they go get another ticket and hope this will be the week. Wouldn't it be nice not to have to buy lottery tickets to have hope? This is the hope through Christ. And joy. For some of you who haven't smiled for years. Been a long time since you had a good laugh. Some of you have had no peace. Some of you certainly don't know what love is. And I'm telling you, these are the gifts that come to us through Christ. On the day of Pentecost, after Jesus rose from the dead and then went to back to the Father, this is what Peter said. There is salvation in no one else but Christ Jesus. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Do you recognize today you need a Savior? His name is Jesus. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you the gifts that will heal your mind and heal your heart. All you have to do is say, yes, Jesus, come into my life. Would you stand with me, please? <clears throat> Father, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you, God, for the gift of your son, Jesus. We pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here today who has not yet ask Jesus to come into their life, that this would be the day, that they could begin right now to experience the glorious gifts that God intended for everyone to enjoy, the gift of hope, of joy, of peace, and of love. Father, thank you for Jesus, and thank you for the life that's ours, this abundant, wonderful life. And we know, God, it's because of you. So, God, we commit ourselves to you now in Jesus' name. And everyone said it with me. Tell the person beside you, Merry Christmas.